And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I finally feel at home. I don't like this during the week stuff, but now with my Danny, it's all good. Back to our Financial Fitness Friday. Because... All is right in the world. <laughs> it's like the planets are aligned. It's really good. So you saw the... Um, what was it? You, you really get to see now all the galaxies. What was that... Uh, that big thing this week with the telescope. I don't know. I can't remember yeah. what it was like. Oh, my gosh. Look at all the galaxies out there, right? Then they got this meme where it's really like a formica top of a, in, the, in the kitchen. Well, the best part is where they show somebody on a security camera and they can't see anything. But yet you can see something, you know, <laughs> so many millions of miles away so clearly. What's going on here? And all the conspiracy theorists are out. I know what that is. That's oh, yeah. my backsplash in my bathroom. How dare you? Oh, man. Good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. I've also got a really good tip for you, Danny. You want to get people off the phone sooner? How do you do that? You start acting like Floyd from The Andy Griffith Show. I okay. did it last night at work. Yeah. So I had this guy on the phone. He kept going on, and I went, ooh, oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, ooh, cool. Oh, what, what, oh. And uh, what? I got to go. Yep. <clears throat> so Great, me keep, too. So keep doing that, and it'll work. Oh, yeah, I never thought of that. Oh, uh, it works. I'm telling you. It you works. have become the old man that picks up the calls and knowing it's spam. Oh, you're I, like, you know what? I got nothing else to do. We're going to screw these people. It, those are the best. Brent actually does the best. He tortures spammers really well. Oh, Brent does a really good He's job. He's a master of torturing they, spam. They call me up. I say hello. <laughs> and they go you know, like the first phrase of the pitch. And I, excuse me. Did you have an appointment to make this phone call? Uh, no. Well, you're going to have to go to my secure website and make an appointment to talk to me if you want to talk to me about this. And by that time, they're gone. Now, Brent is going to start using Floyd, though. Uh, oh, um, uh, ooh. <laughs> it's going to work. It's I think going. each week you should document what you try. <laughs> and then we could publish it. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. It's your next book. My next book. The telemarketers. Oh, listen, when we were audiobook. You didn't yes. have this when you were a kid, but when we were kids, prank calls were big. Oh yeah. Oh, I had it when we were kids. You kidding? Yeah, Nobody you call had people? caller ID. We were. Yeah. Oh, okay. You okay. keep Prince Albert in a can. <laughs> I used to call this poor old woman like, "I'm calling from WNVC, and you have won a trip <laughs> to the Bahamas. If you can answer this question, where is your husband? He's dead. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well. Who will be going with you on this trip? Oh, and you just keep them going yeah, and go. Yeah. You know, it's terrible. We were ruthless as children. Yeah, um, I don't know if we ever went that far. It's more along the lines of like, is your refrigerator running? <laughs> oh, yeah, but more people caught on to that. Yeah. You know, so it's a Over little time. bit different. You ruined it for everybody. <laughs> sort of did. Hey, so listen, um, we are, you know, bank earnings. Wells Fargo came out, and they're also following the Jamie Dimon line of setting aside funds for bad loans. You know, this is pretty unique, Danny, when banks are actually being proactive and battening down the hatches as opposed to being in the storm and then we have to bail them out. Uh, Jamie Dimon is uh, putting the money, uh, he's walking the talk, um, 
and he's doing the same thing. I think it makes absolute sense for banks to look to do this. But Wells Fargo has done the same. Company shares are down 3% uh, this morning. United Health Group had a pretty good report. So listen, it's going to be, it's absolutely an earnings recession because when you look at the producer price index and you see the pricing pressure and you have to wonder how companies are going to pass it on to distressed consumers, um, you know, there's going to be some amount of, uh, we're going to have to eat this, guys. And how is that going to manifest itself, whether it's through layoffs, uh, shrinkflation, however creative way you're going to get, because obviously this inflation hasn't peaked yet, and we don't know what's going to cause it to do so. And even if it does peak, how long is it going to take? It's like being stuck at the top of a roller coaster, Danny. And then you not come down, you don't come down quickly, you sort of come down real slow. So how long does it take to get to that magical Fed nebulous target of 2%? If that's, if that's first of all, I don't even think that's realistic anymore. Um, that's why we went ahead and raised our baseline in our financial plans a couple of years ago. And you know what I'm worried about is what do we need to do for the new year, Danny, as we look at inflation? Do we have to raise our inflation foundational benchmark higher than it is right now? And that's something we have to do. We study the Atlanta Fed, sticky CPI. Uh, I had Mike on yesterday. And we talked about how the sticky price index of the Atlanta Fed. And if you haven't checked out the Atlanta Fed for inflation, uh, results and studies, you should. It is one of the best. Yeah, the Atlanta Fed puts out a lot of really good information. They but really to, do. To your point, I think there, there are going to have to be adjustments made. We're going to have to look at inflation, capital market assumptions. I mean, all of these things are going to have to be adjusted. And that's yeah. one of the things within a plan that needs to be extremely nimble. And and people, I think, sometimes are frustrated because, like, wait a second, we changed some of the, the outliers here, the, da the data. And that's, that's right. right. Because... We can't control some of these these things, and so we want to make sure that as we're stress testing portfolios and plans, that you know you can still withstand these types of environments. And, right. You know, right. I think you're right. It's going to be a while. I think everybody was expecting this this to peak already. Um, obviously, have not seen that. Maybe we have now. I mean, if we look at core inflation, it's it's came down just a, a tad bit or slowed down, but not enough. Yeah, not 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 quite enough. So we'll see where that ends up. I don't know, Rich. I yeah. mean, I think you know expectations were four or five percent by the end of the year. Do you think we get there? Heck no. Yeah. Um, so when you, especially when you look at the sticky price index, these are prices that tend to change slower, and they're slow to move in one direction or another. But when they move, they don't retrace very easily. And this index is up about seven point six percent year over year, and that's very concerning because there's some laggards in there. Uh, owner equivalent rent that st there's still some updates to that sticky price index that will increase it higher that's the stubborn inflation and how is the fed looking at that what kind of measures do they have to take i mean how big is the hammer they're going to have to use to get this in line and frankly think about this yeah you can do all the demand destruction you want but there are supply issues that the Fed doesn't tackle, right? We have one, we have higher energy prices because we have bonehead policies. We stand in our own way. That's number one. I mean, look at what's going on with ERCOT, right? I mean, the grids are becoming incredibly unstable because of what we depend on now. So that's not looking like it's gonna change anytime soon. We have drought, we have Ukraine. When it comes to food prices, going to remain sustainably higher. We're expecting another leg up 
in food prices. So there are some things that the Fed is absolutely not going to be able to control from an inflationary perspective. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit later about maybe what do you do in your own household and how we adjust to do it in plans as uh, Danny got me thinking this morning with some of the calls he's having. Now, another good, well, not a good thing, but another shocking thing was how slow China has become as far as growth. The slowest pace since the, com- the country first was hit by the coronavirus outbreak two years ago. 0.4 expansion. expansion. That's recession. In China, that's recession. The target was 5.5%. It is 0.4. So I can't we, remember a time. You remember I don't when even, China's growth, even at 6 or 7%, was slow? Uh-huh. I mean, that's remarkable to see it that low. Yeah. When we get back, we can continue the discussion here on Financial Fitness Friday. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Hurricane season is here. And along the Texas Gulf Coast, we know how to prepare. What we don't always know is which way the storm will go and if a hurricane does come your way, whether your house will flood. Fortunately, you can get flood insurance. Unfortunately, flood insurance rates have skyrocketed. Don't be at risk. Let the specialists at RIA Insurance assess your needs and shop your coverage for the best rates possible. Another service from realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Friday, I'm Rich Wallace, so CFP, Danny Ratliff, CFP, CFP squared. Ooh, uh, CFP squared. Ooh, I like that. Shut up. It's my turn, not yours. I'm going to be like uh, Psycho. Or, s- or Mother, Sybil. mother. Well, my mother's going to sound like Janet Yellen. <laughs> Son, you go in and raise rates. You do it. There's a psychologist somewhere driving. <laughs> Call in. We need you. Oh, my. So listen, uh, it's inflation. It's driving me crazy. It's driving us all crazy. That's why we're going to do Inflation Nation Lunch and Learn on August 4th on Thursday. Nine-step inflation battle plan. I'm really proud of this, Danny. I think we have some really, I know everybody's doing this, but we have some really good tips because it's time for us to take control in our own households. Just like we did during the pandemic, there are ways or things that we can do here to make this work, right? So we're going to look at and, and again, a lot of these tips are from people we work with, clients that have taken on, have undertaken these activities. And I'm like, wow, very cool. I think this is great. Um, so we are going to make sure to go over this with you. It's a Zoom meeting, 12 p.m. on my, oh. Inflation nation, I got nothing to say. I'm just sitting here making hay. Oh. This is what I did yesterday, Danny. This is just for you. What do I, when do I enter now? Right. 
There are clouds in West Texas, so my dryer can't run. There's no wind in West Texas, Texas, so my ice cream is done. All clouds, no wind in West Texas mean this new deal is a pass. There are clouds in West Texas, and Ercot, you can kiss my. Ooh, oh, oh, you can't say that. So you said you did this yesterday. Were you like doing this in the mirror at home? Was this no, I was doing it here on radio. What's, what's going on? I wrote that in my sleep. In my sleep, I'm like, why do I got something going on here? You want to add on to it, Danny? Go ahead. What do you think? No, I'm good. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, man. Inflation nation has taken my hair. Is that the truth? And Yellen doesn't care. <laughs> Oh my! I got little to spare. <laughs> wow! Look, he did good. There you go. If you dare, he's not going to continue. This is like white guys rapping. It is really. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> but inflation is serious, and we have to take it serious. So we want to make sure that you sit in, register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. Thursday, August fourth, twelve p.m. You can have your lunch. I also talked about Mama Clara, uh, Nana Clara, as I call her that does depression era meals on YouTube. And I didn't realize how popular her recipes were. She's 98 year old, little Italian woman, look like my Nana. Seven million views, Danny. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so people are changing behaviors when it comes to their habits. How that's gonna you know, result in the numbers, right? We're gonna see consumer spending is look, it's still good. Uh, up up close to 7% uh, from a year earlier if you look well, at it. And, um, and but you are now getting the effects, right? How much we had, how much uh, households had in cash socked away, mm -hmm. right? They had all this stimulus and now that's all getting drained away. There's still cash there. So spending is still there. But you're now slowly starting to see the demand destruction across the board. How bad does it get we don't know yet. But well, Jamie Dimon says there's six to nine months of, in cash mm -hmm. that uh, consumers have. Brian Monahan, it's a Bank of America CEO. We'll see what he has to say. But he has historically said, hey, they're extremely strong, the consumer is. But I think those numbers have to be skewed as well. They're using averages, not the median. And so you wonder how much that actually you know, kind of disrupts the overall numbers. Because, look, if inflation is as persistent as it has been, if it continues to go, I don't know if we're not discounting it a tad bit. Um, you know, we've already seen people change habits, and I think that's the biggest thing, Rich. You and I talked to a lot of different people um, all over the country, and I can tell you, there's a there's a pretty, um, you know, pretty resounding, you know, uh, sentiment that people are just changing what they're doing. They're not traveling as much. They're uh, they're making the change as far as how they spend money. They don't eat out as frequently. I mean, I think these things are all going to be, you know, like we talk about a self fulfilling prophecy from a recessionary standpoint. I do, and I think this malaise is going to last longer. We're used to, when we go through a bear market, we're used to the Fed coming in there and creating this V-shaped recovery, which rarely happens. I don't think that's the case this time. I think investors are going to have to brace for a much longer recovery period. And as corporations go through their earnings recession, these cost-cutting measures that they do, they're going to be looking at these much longer term before they switch again. Because their understanding... Uh, and it's and I just see from the banks putting aside for bad loans. Uh, they're seeing that this is going to be much longer 
than they think. Uh, Big Daddy brought it up on YouTube. Big Daddy was one of my best rest favorite restaurants in Brooklyn before it was taken away. Featured in a George Siegel movie in really? What kind of restaurant is that? Oh, hamburgers. It was like Nathan's. Okay. Really great. But Bank of America lowered its 2022 target for the S&P by 900 points to 3,600. So, and citing its forecast for a recession this year. That's the lowest forecast on the street. That seems to be some, a bank that's actually being reasonable about where they think markets are going. So, Danny, I'm facing all this, right? And we got a lot of numbers coming out today. Empire Manufacturing, uh, retail sales, right? That's going to be big for June. We're going to have to watch all of this. So they still might be pretty good. But this is all this slow deterioration and a slow deterioration in animal spirits and emotion that's going to change how things work. And it's also going to change your attitude, I think, towards investing. You have to be a lot more patient. And I think, Danny, this is where our financial plans shine because we built our plans just for this environment. We said last year, next year is going to be a different type of situation. It is not going to be the same. We have been planning for lower returns in markets since about 2019. And it's really nice to try to provide a realistic assessment to people who are trying to get their financial roadmap together, don't you think? It is. And I think the beautiful thing about that is, is that we're not having to scramble and say, whoa, man, the plans now all of a sudden they, they don't work as well mm -hmm. when you're not making seven, eight, nine, ten percent every year. And I think that's the important aspect about that is stress testing plans. But, you know, it's interesting right now because we're looking at markets that have already had quite a bit of devastation to them. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the S&P's down about 23, NASDAQ's down, what, um, 29, give or take. Oh, yeah. Um, and look at I mean, and then go underneath the surface. Well, that's right, the kicker, and, right? right? Go ahead. Well, the, the kicker is you go underneath the surface and you see a lot more destruction of companies and, and earnings, or well, not earnings, but price, right? Earnings mm -hmm. is coming next. Mm -hmm. But we we see price destruction already in the sense that we see companies are down 40, 50, 60, 70%. And you know, some of them likely won't be here, but some of them are actually still, you know, we can look and find some value now. So fundamentally, we think there's going to be a lot of opportunity. And this is where we are optimistic. And, you know, yes. we, I keep telling people, hey, there is some optimism here. But Danny, because, if you think about it this way. If you're a value investor, yeah, we, I can't remember who said I think it was Paul McCulley years ago. He says, we are not trained. We're not positioned to be value investors. We want to put a tree in the ground and have the tree grow bigger. That works for momentum investing. Now we're asking investors to put a seed in the ground and wait for it to grow. Correct. You're going to have to go back to looking at company fundamentals and a slower path of growth. Listen, there are always going to be companies that shoot the lights out. Danny said there's going to be a lot of opportunities that we can see a quick rebound in some of these positions, say, as the Fed starts cutting rates probably by the end of next year, right? The point is, though, without the Fed really coming in there with quantitative easing and doing whatever they can to push money into the system, without that leadership, you just don't have the same momentum in stocks that you did before. And you're going to have to train yourself to understand and really look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I really a stock investor? Do I belong in stocks? And Danny, you brought this up to me as you brought up our portfolios in many cases are down lower than maybe half the market, less than half the market yeah. down. And, and, and the 60-40 allocation is down to what, 16? 16, 17%. One of the worst, one of the worst performances I've really ever seen. And we're not down anywhere near that. Okay, we're down maybe half that. So the point is, if you are going to invest in stocks, you're going to take losses. 
you got it's it's inevitable. We stem the bleeding, so it doesn't interfere with your plan. But there's nothing else we could do. All the people that want to go all to cash and come back, listen, if you want to do that, listen, I love Gary Kaupbaum. I watch him. I've read his books. He does that. He's a technical trader. I understand. We don't suggest that. We will work the risk management and then move out of stocks more than if we need to. We're going to stick with certain positions that we think will work through a recessionary cycle, even though they may not be working now. That's why we have rules. That's why we, we look at it unemotionally. And some really people, don't you think, Danny, have to really look at themselves and say, you know, maybe I'm just not right for this next phase of investing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just not equipped to you deal know, with I, it I emotionally, and I can't sleep right. at night. Well, that, that's the thing. We've had such a long period of time where we've been pretty much a bull market. I mean, think about the years that we've been down. It's been very little outside mm -hmm. of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, now, pandemic was a completely different story. But if you strip that out and you look at, you know, 2018, you look at, uh, 2015, we were down, markets were, but not a whole lot. And so I think that and now- And they recovered quicker, right? Because we had the Fed come in again and do correct, thing. Correct, correct. And I think they will again, but it's going to look much different to your point because now we actually really do have inflation. We have right. a problem. Right. We're trying to get it back, or they're trying to get it back to 2%. You know, they tried to get it to 2%. We had to go through a pandemic, a supply chain disruption, uh, give everybody a whole lot of money. Every one of these things, which was very inflationary, by the way, and then tell people not to pay their bills. And- we created this inflation, right? I mean, there's other aspects, geopolitical risk, things of that nature that certainly have a, a hand at play here. But I think the big thing here, Rich, is that thinking about, okay, well, if we're going to go into a recession, does that mean that the market's going to go down another 20, 30%? No. A lot of times the market's leading this. And so that just means we may trade sideways for a while. Now, we may have that exogenous event like Lance talks about. Right. If something comes inside Financial instability of some kind, Correct. especially with the strong dollar. We don't know what's going to happen across the globe. That's right. I mean, the dollar has been shooting the lights out. Hey, when we get back, we're going to be talking about the Rise and Shine Act bill and what it means for you in retirement savings here on Financial Fitness Friday. We'll be right back. investment advice blog it's required reading for the informed investor catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com in 1999 a para group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients best interest these men promptly escaped from a high cost margin environment to the houston energy corridor today still excoriated by their former employers they survive as protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA team. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. We want to get to this Rise and Shine Act bill, but I want to talk about this first because there's never been a really a better time to have some money in different types of cash vehicles. My daughter called me last night, Danny, and she goes, Dad, Dad, you, you talk about these online savings accounts. What should I do? I have you know, $20,000 in my emergency savings, and I'm like, okay, well, here's what we need to do. You need to go to Ally Bank or Marcus Bank and open an account. Real simple. Here's what you do move it out of your brick and mortar bank. She goes, okay, I'm gonna do that, I'll let you know how it goes. So, um, 
I just got an email last night from one of my online banks and said, hey, we're raising your rate again. So you have online banks. I will tell you, if you look at three six-month treasury bills, right, you're getting about 2.6, 2.7 on an annualized basis. You've got, you've got room here. You don't have cash forever, right? And it doesn't beat inflation. I get all these talks. But I wrote an article in January um, that I was reading yesterday, rereading it again, that talked about how cash is going to be king this year. Uh, and it turned out to be absolutely the case. So if I want to park my money, I've never had better choices. Also, um, you know, bond yields, right? Able to buy individual bonds, individual treasuries. If we're correct, and Lance is correct, that during a recession, a global, and fear rises, I don't think we have enough fear out there yet. Um, you will see more money coming into us, yields drop off eventually in treasuries because it's always return of my money versus return on my money. But also, and um, Roger Ibbotson came up with this study years ago that depending on how bond yields work, that you can actually use fixed annuities in your portfolio plan versus individual bonds. Uh, and we've seen an incredible um, demand for fixed annuities. It seems like the annuity moniker of it's so bad is really dropping off. And I think more people are going to have to depend on creating their own pension because they're not going to get the tailwind in variable assets like stocks and bonds. I also think if you are investing in stocks and bonds, you're going to look at people, you're going to have to find advisors that are going to look at flows among sectors, but you're also going to have to look at advisors who understand individual stocks. And I will tell you, it's not as much as you think. Most well, advisors are not going to really know how to do that because they've been born under this momentum investing theme. And now cycles are going to change. They're going to need to change too. But talk a little about the, you know, you don't want to be all or none with annuities. Absolutely. But what do you think, Danny, about that? And that Gordon brought that up on our YouTube channel. Well, I think, you know, that's a, that's a really good point. And so the annuities, we've seen a major inflow into them. And I think a lot of it, Rich, you know, is emotional because we're getting sold this story on, hey, look, we can protect assets. You can still participate. But you have to be cautious, right? This mm -hmm. is not something that I'd put everything into, especially you talk about a, a fixed indexed uh, annuity that would be say, hey, we're going to give you downside protection, but we're only going to give you so much of the upside. And you have to think about what that means long term for you. Unless you um, want to do instead of like a, a pure interest rate, you're doing maybe you're linked to an index. You still it, still have some participation, it's, but it's right. only some, right? That's right. Um, the other caveat would be is uh, you know let's look at you know MIGA multi year guarantee annuity, and these are really popular because we're finally seeing rates that are actually you know they're they're a little bit better than what they've been. Um, you know I can think back. I want to say Rich it was like oh four oh five. We were doing six and seven percent fixed annuities, uh, yep. and people were just like, "Oh my gosh, we can get in the market and do so much better." And then when the market tanked and rates just dropped, they were so thankful when those things matured. They're like, "Oh my goodness, they're in do? tears. What are we going to do?" And, and I don't know if this is going to be that exact same environment because obviously rates are not that high at the moment, and I'm not sure they're going to get there. Um, but you know, I want to be you know say, "Hey, be cautious with these types of things. Mm -hmm. Look, they're a great tool. They can be used when they're used properly." However, um, think they about this. They don't get sold to you, and that's the problem. That's right. They don't get planned. They get sold, and that's why people have 
a bad feeling with yeah. them because again, if I'm just being sold a, a pro, like same thing like long term care insurance, I get sold this, all, you know, all the bells and whistles and all that, and you may not need it. You get oversold, you over get oversold you know, the emotional aspect, and you know the same thing. I was listening. I think I told you a couple months ago. I was, uh-huh. I was driving home from somewhere. There's a weekend listening to a radio show, and the guy was like, "Hey, you know what? Just put all your money in, in one of these annuities. I mean, it's great." And I was like, "Wait a second, <laughs> hold on now. How would you just can't blanket tell people that?" Um, and so you have to be be really cautious when it comes to this. And that's why, you know, like you said, it has to be planned, not sold. And think about this. If you're going to do something like this, which which I'm I think it can fit for a lot of different people, not everyone. But you also want to make sure that you maintain that flexibility because mm-hmm. we keep talking about this opportunity and the optimism that we, we share right. for the future. You're going to if you put everything in something like this. There's pretty stringent structures as far as how you get out of that. Because there's surrender charges. That's right. And you're going to be locked. Yeah, you may be able to take maybe about 10% a year out. But if you're going to lock, this is cementing your money in. So you better be saying to yourself, I'm willing to do that with a portion of my money. Unlike a bond, where if I want to sell it and maybe even sell it at a profit, right, if yields drop off, I can get out with no penalty. It's very different with an annuity structure. So you got to be careful and you got to be making sure that how do these fit if they fit at all into my portfolio plan. But cash options right now, again, I was looking through treasury bills yesterday for where I, you know, I think toward the end of the year, things are going to be rough. I did place some clients money into three to six month treasury bills and just say, okay, let's it's better than sitting in money market. But even Fidelity money market's about 1%, Danny. I'm not saying these are great yields. What I'm saying is the doors are opening for more fixed income options while you wait for some of the valuations to work out and see where we're going. That doesn't mean you get out of the market to go all into that, but you definitely have more cash options than you did uh, in the past. And I I think that's um, very good. Well, cash Um, isn't so bad now either. I mean, it's, it's, look... You know, we're getting 1.2 in money markets. Mm-hmm. That's something we haven't seen in quite some time. Even right. the beginning of this year, I mean, they're basically still paying nothing. But you got to be cautious. Uh, I had a client a couple weeks ago send me an email and said, "Hey, got this from an old advisor. What do you think?" And I thought, "Wow, this is actually." Um, it, it was kind of a blanket sales pitch, mm-hmm. but the way it was written kind of rubbed me the wrong way just a little bit. And, and what I mean by that is, it was if you didn't know what it meant. You could be, you know, for, for the average person who doesn't deal with these types of things on a day-to-day basis, you say, oh, wow, this is great. And just su- subtle little things like, however, if the cap ever drops below a certain amount, we can walk away with the annuity contract with no consequence. Okay, great. Now, has the cap ever dropped below this? No. Will the company ever do that? No. How long is the contract for? 15 years. Don't worry about it, though. If it ever drops, we're going to let you out. I mean, little things like that. It, and I don't know it's if this very, contract. I know, but it's very sneaky. Yeah, because it sounds. I mean, again, it's 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 word salad, and it works. There are no fees associated with it. Well, listen, right. you may not be paying for them out on top, you know, or see them, but there are fees associated with these things, mm-hmm. one way or another. That's why you're being capped as far as how much you can make. Um, you know, just be cautious with verbiage mm-hmm. and how it's it's put out there. Um, you know, Rich and I, as you can you can probably tell, have a very, um, you know, some disdain towards some of the verbiage or how these things are sold. And really because well, we, we believe that it, it needs to not be emotional. It needs to be logical. It needs to make sense. It needs to be, you know, but we have to be the skeptical ones because right. I get the same thing because what's going to happen now is because people are so distressed over the market and inflation, they're going to get seduced by yield. Oh, look at this. It's going to give you 9%, 10%. And 
we, I've seen this happen over and over again. People are going to fall for these things and lose their principle. Bottom line. Okay? So you have to do thorough investigation or at least give it to a second objective set of eyes that'll say, oh, you know what? Ooh, uh, ooh, yeah, it worked. That's, I never thought of it. That, right? You get the Floyd approval. Or, you know, you get the, oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Let me tell you what this is. And so you better be making sure that when you see big yields that you don't get seduced and you do have someone look at it for you. It's very important. We'll talk about all the sophisticated pr products that Wall Street's been pushing. Think about the SPACs right now, Rich, that are oh actually unwinding. So what has that done? And so These have imploded. You, well, you're giving in investors money back, but it, at what? What fee did you collect all along the way to get it? I don't know. I mean, and, wait, and now we're going to have to see because now there are anti-ESG ETFs, not opposed to those because ESG is a ripoff for the most part. Um, no, why didn't we think of that? What, <laughs> I don't doing? know. Why didn't we ever know that ESG was a ripoff? <clears throat> we're being facetious because Lance has been writing about it forever. Um, we have to look at what kind of new products is Wall Street going to create based on this cycle? It's going to be very interesting to see, Danny. They're going to double down on the climate change issue. That we know. They may clean up some of their some of the way they sell it, but that's coming. But I just wonder what else they're going to be looking to create because they are master, master marketers. I bow to them all the time. Like, oh, what the heck is that? So we know it's coming because yep. they know what you want and they don't care about climate. And they don't care about anything else about they just care about making Green. money. Yes. All that it is. Not the green you're thinking where, about. Where, <laughs> yeah. They're thinking about the green, all right. Um, so we have to stand between you and, and, and Wall Street in many ways to make sure you're making the right decisions and that it makes sense. Um, so <clears throat> there's all kinds of new bills coming out. This one is uh, the Rise and Shine Bill. And this is part of what we call the Emergency Savings Act, which could add optional savings funds to your defined contribution plans, right? They can, where workers would be able to use after-tax Roth-style contributions to build up up to 2,500 in account value. Let me, we'll go through this when we get back, where this makes sense and how, and where this is sort of silly, just based on how the whole 401k industry has run. But uh, we'll discuss that when we return. Final segment coming up on Edge Fitness Friday. Stay tuned. daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Hurricane season is here. And along the Texas Gulf Coast, we know how to prepare. What we don't always know is which way the storm will go and if a hurricane does come your way, whether your house will flood. Fortunately, you can get flood insurance. Unfortunately, flood insurance rates have skyrocketed. Don't be at risk. Let the specialists at RIA Insurance assess your needs and shop your coverage for the best rates possible. Another service from realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. 
Welcome back to our last segment. I think I know what Danny's going to be doing this weekend. He's going to be eating ice cream. Absolutely. Hey, it's National Ice Cream Month. Bluebell Ice Cream. If you guys from Texas don't know what it is, have to check it out. Phenomenal. I wish I were a big fan. What? What? <laughs> and you're a big fan of everything like Brenham. I am. Area. Uh, what are you talking about? I'm All things not, Epicurean? I don't think Bluebell. I mean, I love everything Texas. Oh, uh, this is the Yankee coming out of it yeah. now. Hold on. Oh, come on. I'm a fan of the Beaver. I mean, Bucky's. Um, so <laughs> I'm a fan of everything Texas, but you know, Bluebell's okay. I like DQ. I'm a DQ guy. But there are some interesting new flavors like that that are going to make you. Yeah, I don't know. Over that's like Blue comparing Bell. Wisconsin cheese to Cheese Whiz. I like both Cheese Whiz. I like. Cheese what ice cream do you prefer? I don't really don't eat ice cream anymore. But oh, when that's I, right. Uh, Lactose intolerant. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just intolerant. <laughs> that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they are coming out with oatmeal cream pie. What? That I love. I love those little Debbie oatmeal mm-hmm. cream pies. And you and, all ruined my life when you started putting calories on crap. Stop it. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and, and, and then strawberry lemonade ice cream. So strawberry. See, that was the one. But ice then you cream. Still, okay. Mm, lemonade sherbet. Okay. Lemon flavored flakes. Now, I, I'm not probably the biggest fan of that, nor do I eat a lot of ice cream. But it is my littlest. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Joseph. He is six today. Really? Happy so I'm birthday, sure there's going to be ice cream in our future. Oatmeal cream. Need to I get bet- him in here and have him cut some liners for the show. Oh man, yeah. the stuff he would say. Yeah. I'm not sure if we could air. You know what? Out of the mouth of babes, we really need more of that in the commercial. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? You know, we get the kids in and we go, Well, what what do you think about money? What are your th- what's your first thought about money, Joseph? Daddy, don't let me have any. Uh, ooh, ooh, that's yeah. good. Oh, it's good. You know, we should do that. But that uh, that's it, only two new flavors? That's the only two new oh. for this this month. Now hmm. I'm sure they got something cooking. The best flavor Bluebell ever came out with, the special flavors that they would okay. do in the summertime, peanut butter ice cream. Hmm. <laughs> oh. Just peanut butter. Peanut butter ice cream, yeah. That's it. it it's all you needed. But it doesn't have the t- consistency of peanut butter. No, but it's cold. and it's, mm. So is it smooth or crunchy? Smooth. Yeah, now, that would be cool to make it crunchy, too. Yeah. Well, we could throw some chocolate chips in there, too. Listen, I'm not going to... You know gonna... what? Hey, we could be in the R&D department. It's okay. We should. You have a, you have a crank? No. I try to get into the Bluebell tour, but it doesn't run as much as it used to. Oh, well, it's worth booking. Is it? Yeah. They, it, it is. It's pretty the cool. pandemic, I don't know. Free samples at the end. <laughs> okay, that's all. Now, I, I can Brent tell you. starts from the end and works his <laughs> way back. Now, pre, you know, all the issues that went, went down, we actually had a, um, a private tour of the, the facility. Mm-hmm. Before all the listeria and everything right. that happened, yeah. and the I coolest thing is to see these guys. Like, well, he did it. No, no, but talk about such a good family. They knew every person's name. Oh, Brent, your son is Adam. You guys do this. Hmm. You're the best soccer player in Washington County. Yeah. I mean, just everything about every employee there. I mean, it is. It was pretty cool. That's kind of creepy. No, it's awesome. <laughs> just shows well. I mean, you get a close knit community that that is very involved. I mean, for people to know that. I mean, how a business, you know, people, you want people to know people, right? Book and a private tour, get an in-depth background check. Now no, I'm going to get no, back. No. I'm going to get backlash like this. that. Just saying, hey, how's it going, Brent? You know, like yeah. you got the factory guy over here sweeping the floor. Yeah. And you know his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a hundred people in there. Yeah. Like a Cheers episode only with ice cream. Exactly. Everybody but knows better. your name. I don't like beer ice cream. I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> Now, I will tell you, I'm going to get backlash for this. I, I'm not a fan of Whataburger. Why? Because Chicago bought them out. 
I don't like the fact that they sold to a hedge fund. May I offer a constructive criticism yeah. of Whataburger? It? Yeah. Presentation has fallen off. Really? Significantly, yes. Wow. wow. And I'll tell you what, the wait time. Now, we don't eat fast food. Hmm. Very, very seldom. I mean, I'm talking like once, twice a year. And uh, you got to be on a trip. Hmm. Yes. And we were we left somewhere. My wife said, Michelle said, hey, we need to stop. Get the kids something real quick. Let's go get a taquito from, uh, from Whataburger. And then she's like, nope, I'm not waiting in that line. I was like, what are you talking about the line? She's like, it's so slow. Well, I think she's been jaded because, you know, you run through the Chick-fil-A line every now and again. That, that'll That's change your life, right? That's a well-oiled machine right there, yeah. yeah. So really, so the presentation, it's food. You yeah. mean what's like, you know what? Because they start working around the edges, but you know something's different, right? It's like, when's the last time you saw a hamburger come out looking like what's pasted on the, on the flyers inside the restaurant? And Whataburger... It ain't happening right now. Nah, that's a shame. And that's why a lot of companies won't go public. Mm. Like Chick-fil-A said, we will never go public, right? I also think that even Bucky's probably could, and they won't. Because you know something's going to suffer. That mm-hmm. beaver's going to yeah. look mangy <laughs> if he goes public, right? I mean, they're going to have to shave him, cut his hair back. Start put growing quills. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just different. And now you see it's mm-hmm. not publicly traded, yeah. but this organization buys it, and right away, the, what they want to do is they want to cut corners. And it, I and I and, and it, hurts. That happen, it hurts. It you hurts. Know, I mean, it I'm, does I'm hurt. an app carrying Whataburger fan from way back, but still, the brand is so incredibly strong. Yeah, right. There's such a brand loyalty, and you're going to blow it. And they don't care because you know what? There's going to be some people still going to tolerate it to some degree, but you but you're going to lose market share if you continue to keep doing what you're doing. And well, the problem is that many of these companies get sold, right? So, you know what they're trying to do is they'll come in and they're they're just trying to make it more efficient, right? Cost efficient, which isn't better for you and I, and then turn around and flip it. And you know what? That's always that like always a burger. <laughs> flip a burger, exactly. Flip the whole burger though. But that's always interesting. You know, when you see these companies, they buy a company for a reason. Mm -hmm. And then they come in and they want to do all these cost-saving measures, which some of them may be warranted. But, I mean, they they slash everything. They change the way they do business. And they completely lose sight of why they bought the company. Well, the goals become different. Listen, there's a heart heart and soul to Texas that doesn't exist in a lot of other states. And I don't think you can mess with the food and mess with it too much. Mm-hmm. And if you're from an outsider from up north and you're going to buy the company, you're not going to look at it that way. If a Texas company bought them, I might think they'd probably understand it better. Preserve. Yes, yeah. preserve some yeah. of it. So now I'm hungry. Dang it. Um, I could see the orange and white stripes down the road here, <laughs> from out the window. I don't do the fast food anymore. I'd, like, I'd love to, but sometimes I just want to get a shake from Chick-fil-A. I can start the day with some bluebell. Yeah. Oh, it's got milk and eggs in it. It's it's healthy. It's yeah, of course. <laughs> oh my gosh, I would have loved Brent when I was a kid because, you know, I was so husky. <laughs> <laughs> I loved my food. I Uncle Brent's coming over. You were gonna eat. <laughs> oh, if man. we'd have gone to school together, you and I, I'd be dead from diabetes. Yeah, both of us would be by now. Yeah, you you wouldn't be on the Nana Clara diet. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and I watched Nana Clara last night make a pizza. Really? And it was very good. She goes, this can last pizza is going to last you all week. Well, that means if you only eat one slice a day, but <laughs> who does that? 
Yeah. Cut the slices into quarters, then you cut them again, and then you cut them again, and then when you think you're done, you cut them again. <laughs> I don't think I could eat that many pieces of pizza. <laughs> you get exhausted. That's that's her point. You want eight slices or six? Eh, just six. I can't eat eight. And we don't use crust. We use cardboard. <laughs> Using old Amazon boxes as crust. It works very well. And then... Because you can't tell with all the sauce and all that, and you put it in there, and you bake it. so good. Oh, I love it. So there's some uh, Rise and Shine Act bill. So funny, Danny. We talk about the savings hierarchy, right? Before you put money in a 401k, you better have an emergency reserve established. But we're just going to all lump it all together. At least they're sort of thinking in this act of the same thing, right? Because we know that workers and retirees are chronically undersaved, especially for emergencies, right? We, know, we all know the stat, four in 10 Americans haven't even saved enough to cover, fewer than four in 10 have saved enough to cover even a thousand bucks of unexpected expense, right? So I see where they're going with this, but is there gonna be education around this? About where do you have an emergency reserve? And I don't like using Roth in this mix. If you own a Roth account and you're funding it with after-tax dollars, I don't think it should be a checking account. And that's where even a lot of advisors say, well, you could take your after-tax contributions out of your Roth at any time. Why am I doing this? This to me is where mental accounting actually works. You actually set it apart, put your emergency reserve in an online savings account and separate it from your long-term savings. I don't like putting it together, Danny, like this. No, I don't, because we talk about the leakage of all these aspects that you can pull mm-hmm. from here, pull from there. I like that they're giving you the avenue to put it funds well, at least aside I'm looking like that. at it. I, yeah, I agree with you. But it's the problem on the back end where they say, well, but if you really need it, go ahead and take out. And, and that's the problem, right? And, and I think that that's where we need to see a major shift here in America is that we need to get much more conscious with how we're we're putting funds aside, where we put them to work and understand, like you mentioned, the hierarchy of how to save. And it's going to be a little bit different for everybody, depending on debt, depending on goals and objectives. But, you know, one of the first things I think we need to do, which, you know, that's the opposite of what we're taught. We're taught, hey, get that 401k, max that out. And that's great. But do you have that savings account with the emergencies reserves? Do you have the financial vulnerability cushion? And look, I I at least get the, the foundation, which is that emergency reserve get that done first now i'm i'm all for doing it in you know in tandem where if you do okay we're going to put x amount over here in the emergency fund but we're going to at least get the match from the company in the 401k right to utilize that or the hsa for that matter which right. i think is just as, right. as, as beneficial if not more at least at least we're starting to understand that emergency savings or what we call a financial vulnerability cushion which is a year's worth of living expenses is something that should be considered. I don't like it as this emergency savings sidecar to a defined contribution plan. I think you're just giving the message that I could take it from here and then when that's done, I could take it from here. You gotta build a better fence around these accounts. More mental accounting works here. All right, we uh, Lance is back on, uh, he'll be crabby, absolutely, but he'll be back on Monday. Uh, the famous money curmudgeon will be back. And remember, sign up for Inflation Nation Thursday, uh, August 4th. And we'll all see you next week. Hope you have a good weekend. Try to stay cool. I know it's tough. Blue Bell ice cream. That'll do it. See ya.
It's a rich man's world